Hi folks, welcome to the happysaver.com podcast. Your friends might not want to talk about their journey with money, but I do. I'm Ruth and I'm a blogger on personal finance and in this podcast series I tell the stories of Kiwis and their experiences with the money in their lives. In January 2016, Ronnie woke up one morning and went to a job she didn't much like and wondered how she had reached 39 years of age and still wasn't rich. In fact, she was just one or two paychecks away from having next to nothing. So she YouTubed How to Be Rich and her journey out of debt began. ShareSite is an online platform that I use to keep track of my investments because although I have tried, my own spreadsheets just were not cutting it. If you buy shares or index funds each and every month, it's actually really hard to work out how your investments are performing. But ShareSite does all of this for you, including working out all of your tax obligations. You can try ShareSite for free and track up to 10 holdings. But if you have more than that, then I have a special offer which allows you to get four months for free when you purchase an annual premium plan. If you want to check it out and free yourself from your spreadsheets, go to thehappysaver.com forward slash ShareSite. Ronnie reached out to me by email when she dropped me a line to let me know that she was excited to finally stumble upon a New Zealand blog on personal finance and that she and her husband had, in her words, began to change their financial lives forever when they started following along with the American guy Dave Ramsey's financial plan to get out of debt. And since then, she has been on a voracious journey to optimise every single cent that comes into her life which is awesome and of course I was flattered that my blog and podcast had helped steer her in the right direction in some small way. Her emails to me were incredibly detailed and so were her answers when we picked up the phone for a chat. Now Ronnie took 39 years to begin to get her financial house in order and she doesn't want others to take quite so long. So she puts as much information out there as possible in an effort to help others sort themselves out as soon as possible. For a little background on Ronnie, she ran her own successful beauty salon in Christchurch and she worked as a beauty therapist for a good 10 years before she felt that she needed a change of direction. She had her own salon, but after the Christchurch earthquakes, she did what many had to do to keep on working after their premises had been damaged. She moved her business into her own home that her and her husband Kevin had purchased. But she became burnt out and a bit bored and grew tired of the taxes and the bookkeeping and tired of the inconsistent income that comes from being self-employed. And she began to understand that a few things needed to change. Today, Ronnie is 40 years young. She married Kevin, who is 60 years young, almost three years ago, so happy anniversary in March, you too. Ronnie finished up her beauty therapy and took time out to retrain and is pleased with her change in direction. She is now a full-time receptionist for one of New Zealand's largest plumbing supply retailers and she gives up 45 hours of her time each week in the role And she has also recently taken on the role of health and safety rep, as well as dealing with customers on the phone and face-to-face. Kevin works a full-time job at a horse racing track in Christchurch, working with the horses and helping each race uh, run smoothly. But he also has a second job where he works at other race courses in Canterbury, so he is a pretty busy fella. 
I asked her to take me back to the point before they started their climb out of debt. So when they got together, they both decided to buy a house, which was a first for both of them, and they took on a mortgage that was, in hindsight, far too big for them. So with a combined but variable income of $85,000, they put down a deposit of $45,000, and they paid $383,000 for their house. They were both new to debt, they both knew they didn't like debt, and they tried to pay it off as quickly as possible. They were paying $580 a week on their mortgage, plus paying all of their other day-to-day living expenses that life tries to suck out of you, and it just proved to be too darn expensive. Now added to this, they decided to recarpet the home, and they put that $6,500 debt on tick, so that was another debt to pay off too. At the same time, she went back to do some study at a cost of $3,000, so she could change her career, and she got a student loan to enable her to do this. Fortunately, a tax return from closing her business took care of this debt, but then Kevin received a tax bill that they also then had to work out how to pay off. They had just two to three weeks of savings put aside in case of an emergency. Ronnie realised that their life was actually quite sad because they could not actually afford to do anything at all, other than go out for maybe an occasional coffee. Everything they made went to debt repayment and to the necessities of life. Once she had shut down her beauty business, she came to understand that they were living in a lovely house, but that it was just far too big for them and too expensive, and they didn't even own it. The bank did, and they were paying a huge mortgage for the privilege of staying in it, and this was not the life she envisaged for herself. They slowly came to the realisation that they could not afford their house and should perhaps sell it and downsize. Kevin was all good, he was happy to sell and to do it soon, and as long as they were together he would be happy, but she was the stumbling block and the thought of selling her home, the fact that she needed to sell her home, probably took her a good three months to get her head around. They could afford it if they were both working, just but if either of them lost their job, they were screwed. So it was a really emotional decision to come to the understanding that they could not afford the home they were in and they had to sell it. So they found a real estate agent who only charged a 1% commission and it took them about six weeks to get a firm offer on the property. And then they went back to renting for about three months as they searched for a new, more affordable house. Because they were saving on interest payments to the bank, they budgeted like crazy and became badass savers in an effort to get ahead. Now they knew they wanted to be in their own home again and soon, but this time they carefully looked at the math behind it. After the sale of their own home, they came out with $160,000 and this was to be the very healthy deposit for their next house. The whole point of the exercise was to downsize the mortgage, so the house hunt was on and they ended up purchasing a house that had been rented out for years, needed to be modernised and is what we call here in New Zealand a doer upper. They used a mortgage broker who they say was excellent in helping them through the paperwork and they paid 381000 for this new house, taking on a much smaller mortgage, this time of 221000 They now pay $450 per week in repayments 
and are saving up lump sums to chuck at the mortgage whenever they possibly can. With these extra payments, and if they can keep up this level of intensity, they are gunning to have it paid off in five years. So that is their backstory, which is pretty intense. To actually do the math, realise it was not working, and then sell your home and go back to renting is a bold move, and one that most would probably avoid. So I wanted to know more about Ronnie to help me understand how she came to be so gutsy and how she learned to be better with money. First question was, why don't people want to talk about money? And she related a conversation she had with a friend who had just bought a house some time back. Ronnie, wanting to learn from this friend's buying experience, put herself out on a limb and asked her questions about the finances behind buying it. And that friend never spoke to her again. Although quietly hoping her friend would share, she got exactly the opposite and that response put her off asking anyone money-related questions again. She is curious to better herself and would love to grill people and ask them questions about how they have achieved success so she could learn from them, but she now thinks she would have to know someone extremely well to even go there with that conversation. Next question on my list was, if she were given $10,000 right now, what would she do with it? Pay the mortgage. No hesitation. She is on a fixed rate, which is up for renewal in February 2019, but she is able to add an extra 5% a year in extra repayments so that $10,000 would go directly there. Now, I mentioned that she discovered Dave Ramsey and she has found that his online teachings around how to get out of debt have been absolutely instrumental in getting themselves on a better path. So when I asked her what her three main financial habits are, things that she just automatically does, I knew I would get some pretty good answers. Dave Ramsey is all about telling your money what to do so you can kill your debt. So number one for Ronnie is every time they get paid, they will sit down with a coffee and have a budget meeting and have a discussion about where the money goes. Number two is they have a thinking fund, something they got from Dave Ramsey, and they use lots of mini savings pockets. They set money aside for specific things such as pet care, doctors, dentists, cars, etc. So if they suddenly need the dentist, that money is already set aside and they don't have to use their emergency fund for this. And number three is they have a piece of paper which is their mortgage tracker. They have their remaining mortgage broken down into $10,000 chunks And each time they knock another $10,000 off, they colour in the line. And it's a really visual way of showing them how close they are getting to the end goal, zero debt. Another Dave Ramsey concept is having an emergency fund, and they sure do. It took them a whole year to save up, but they have six months of living expenses, which is $22,000 set aside. Remember at the beginning they were just two to three weeks away from being in serious strife if they lost a job? Well, an emergency fund of this size removes all of that pressure. If they lose their job, they get sick or whatever, they can continue to cover their debt and it gives them time to find a new income. An emergency fund gives them enormous comfort in knowing that they are secure. And what is Ronnie's elevator pitch, a sentence that would sum up her approach to money? It's full credit to Mr. Ramsey again when she told me with enthusiasm, live like no one else now, so later you can live like no one else. I've heard that one a lot now and I still like it every time I hear it. 
Most of us can reflect back and think of a moment where we nailed it financially. It seemed to me that Ronnie could have chosen a number of moments that she considered her biggest financial triumph, but she chose buying a car with cash and no lending. She paid cash for a 2006 Toyota Corolla, which is a great reliable car, and they both work in opposite directions, and Kevin starts at the ungodly hour of 4am, so they need two cars, and they are currently saving to buy Kevin a new to them, i.e. second-hand car, and that will not be happening until they have the ability to pay for it in cash. Their greatest financial flop is without a doubt buying a house that was too expensive to start with, and she also got ripped off once when she had her own business. It was an advertising scam where she paid out between three and $4,000 for local advertisements and it was not until she saw a Fair Go episode on TV that she recognised that she had been hit by a scam and for a small business that was a big financial hit to take and she could also not quite believe the lengths some people could go to to be so blinking dishonest. Next I asked Ronnie if she could retain all of the knowledge she has today regarding money and she could go back to her 15 year old self and start again, what would she do whether it be the same or something different? She would without a doubt do something quite different. From a young age she would in her words get off her ass and go and find a part time job and just save money without caring or even knowing what she is saving for just creating a habit of saving and of not touching it. She finished school after sixth form and went to work at a fast food outlet and over the years she has done courses in beauty therapy and administration and she used to save but she always turned around and spent it so she would learn to budget from a very young age. It struck a chord with me when she said, that she got to the age of 39, woke up one morning and thought, how come I'm not rich? Isn't that what happens in life? As you get older, you acquire wealth? This had clearly not happened and she realised that she was just sick of living this type of lifestyle. But how did she learn to change? She simply googled, I want to be rich. And she was gobsmacked by the volume of information out there and things began to change. Now this search led her to His and Hers Money, which is an American duo set on getting couples sorted financially, and they were talking about this guy Dave Ramsey. So she looked him up and began to read and listen to all of his material, of which there is a lot, and that led her onto reading any book or blog she could find where they discussed getting out of debt. And she also takes any opportunity she can find to talk to people about money. But unfortunately, these people are harder to come by. She recommends a whole heap of other things for you to check out. And I will link to all of them in my show notes on www.thehappysaver.com. But a few books are by Hannah McQueen of Enable Me. She's a Kiwi and she's written a book, Kill Your Mortgage and Sort Your Retirement. There's David Bark, who wrote Smart Couples Finish Rich. And also he wrote The Automatic Millionaire. Now there's Stop Acting Rich and Start Living Like a Real Millionaire by Thomas J. Stanley. And she also watches a few people on YouTube and she finds them really motivating and inspiring. She still likes his and hers money and also a woman called Wendy Valencia who is on a journey to pay down $250,000 in debt. And I checked this woman out. She's quite a hard case. And there's Dave Ramsey, of course, and I suggest that you look up his debt-free screens on YouTube if you really want to feel inspired. 
Now, Ronnie does not know if she's ever going to be rich, think glitzy Kim Kardashian rich, but she has absolutely no doubt that she is going to be comfortable and she could not have said that just two short years ago. Now, learning about money should start young, but it really seems to. So my next question for Ronnie was, what was the one piece of advice, either good or bad, that your parents taught you about money? What does she wish they had taught her that she has since worked out for herself? So one standout was never to have more than one thing on hire purchase. So she's followed that and she's never done that. And she wishes they could have taught her when she was younger about investing for her retirement and also that it is more than possible to pay a mortgage off faster than the 20 to 30 year period a bank tells you. Now that she knows and understands about compound interest, she wishes she had started saving much earlier, but her parents didn't know any of this either. So it took her much longer to work it out, but at least she has now. And as for Kevin, she told me that he was brought up to believe that only rich people buy houses. So for him, it was never on his radar, but it's never too late to start and start he has. In regards to money, what keeps her awake at night these days? It is probably all of her plans that she has for the spare money once she pays off the mortgage. The house is perfectly livable, but she would love to do some renovations and updating, and she would also love to do a bit of travel with Kevin. She has had to learn patience to save up and do what she wants to do, so I have absolutely no doubt that she will tick off some of these dreams. And speaking of saving, What does she consider herself to be today, a spender or a saver? Well, she is a saver now. She has clearly taught herself that skill, although she could happily go out and spend too, but she chooses not to. Although she does admit to a small spending splurge, buying delicious chocolate. And if that small expense keeps her happy, then I say absolutely go for it. And what does her family have to say about all of her new frugal ways? Well, her mum is very pleased about it and Ronnie is pleased that she has managed to motivate her mum to save an emergency fund and get rid of her credit card and in turn her mum has motivated her to bite the bullet and downsize the house. She has also motivated a friend to budget and get out of debt so she is really paying all this knowledge forward by helping others whenever she can. Here in New Zealand, we get so fixated on home ownership that many forgo other forms of investing. So does Ronnie have any other investing on the go? She sure does because she has come to realise that owning a house is not the only path to achieving financial freedom. Both Kevin and herself have KiwiSaver. She started hers about four years ago and is in a balanced ANZ fund. When she was self-employed, she voluntarily paid $100 each month into it and now that she is employed, she actually keeps that going and she also pays in 4% from her wages. She actually did start a retirement fund up with Fidelity Life back when she was something like 18 years old and this has about $15,000 in it and our conversation really got her thinking that she should really go and take a closer look at that fund as chances are she is not making much on it at all and it's time to actually review it. And for Kevin who is now only five years off retirement it's really important that they tuck away as much as they possibly can for him while they are still earning. She has also just started investing with smart shares because she did not want to tie all of her money up in KiwiSaver because she can't access that until she retires and interestingly one of her brothers is a stockbroker 
but she wants to buy low-cost index funds and not create her own share portfolio just like he does. She has started with the New Zealand Top 50 Fund and also the Australian Top 20 and she began by putting $1,000 into each and then $200 a month into each fund going forward. And I was surprised at the saving rate because I thought that she would just be pushing that money towards debt. But once again, she referred to Dave Ramsey when he says that you should be putting 15% in retirement each month as well as paying down debt. So I felt that with all of these changes she has made quite recently, that it was quite important to ask her, are you living a better life now? For all the hours that they both work, her working 45 hours and Kevin working both full-time in a job and also in a second job, she considers that they don't make a great deal of money, so a lot of planning goes into how they allocate that money. She has considered getting a second job as a cleaner to bring in more income, but by the time she gets home from work, she is tired, and also with having to pay secondary tax on that second income, is it really worth the effort to take that second job? The answer for her is definitely a no at this time. So both are on exactly the same page with wanting to get out of debt and both follow a budget that they have devised together. So yes, she is a lot happier now. Both are in a much better place and are living a better life because of the freedom that having their money under control has given them. She feels like eventually she will have freedom to find a passion and follow it. Her heart still lies with helping people look and feel good. So who knows what opportunities await her. And as I near the end, there is just one more thing I wanted to mention. Ronnie uses cash to help her stay on track and she does not have a credit card, just a debit card. So they have an envelope system where they get cash out and they allocate money for groceries, petrol, fun money, which they each have $100 of a fortnight, and things like saving up for a new laptop, which she needs at the moment, household expenses, etc. So they do this because Kevin had a bad habit of going to the supermarket seven times in one day. Yep, true story. And this way, it keeps them both very accountable and it keeps Kev out of the supermarket. Now, she also has a spreadsheet, and it sounded amazing. I love a good spreadsheet. And here she tracks every detail of their income and outgoings, and she manually enters each transaction so she can keep them both accountable by actually viewing each and every transaction you think about the purchase itself. She also has what she calls her ball buster, where she keeps a running total of the additional leftover money that they have each month and that they tuck away into a savings account to put towards their lump sum payment on their mortgage too. To wrap this up, I think what I really took away loud and clear from talking to Ronnie was that financial success does not happen by accident. And that is what she began to realise when she woke up one morning at the age of 39 and wondered why she was not rich. Realising that a 20 to 30 year mortgage that sucks up all of your money does not have to be their lot in life was a wake up call. Getting rid of debt and getting ahead actually takes an enormous amount of preparedness to learn new skills. It takes a lot of mental energy, a big chunk of frugality careful planning and then consistent documenting along the way and you have to put your hand up and agree to go hard and just stick with it. C 
selling your beautiful home because you do the math and realize you can't afford it is a bold move and a difficult process and downsizing felt like a huge deal at the time and one she took several months to get her head around. But in hindsight, she thought, what the heck was I waiting for? And she came to realize that sometimes you have to do it tough to get ahead. She didn't want to go back to flatting and nor did Kevin. But if that's what it took, then that is what they were prepared to do. And this was certainly made easier by the fact that both of them were in exactly the same place mentally and they were headed for the same goal. And once again, the question of why don't people talk about money? You may have listened to this and related it to your own situation, but who can you talk about your money with? Your bank? Well, yeah, they are always pretty keen to talk to you about money, right? But hmm, just a little bit biased, yeah? In my opinion, we need to talk to each other more about the decisions we make with money and discuss what works and what does not. It is absolutely one of the best ways to learn, and it sounded to me that through talking to Kevin, talking to her parents, through engaging in social media that pertains to personal finance where you can ask any question you like, and by connecting with people like myself, she has found the support that she needs to keep kicking butt. I'm going to end with the last sentence of one of the emails she sent me, and it goes like this. Ruth, I hope you don't think I'm boasting, but I feel pretty proud of what we have achieved, and you seem like someone who might like to hear my story. Thanks for reading. For the record, Ronnie, I think everyone who just listened to this is feeling pretty proud of you. You are flipping awesome and your story just might give others listening to this the courage to step up and take financial control of their own life. So well done and keep it up, girl. So that's all from me today. Uh, You can head on over to thehappysaver.com to see the show notes from today and a ton of other information written by me on personal finance and investing in New Zealand. And don't forget to tell your friends where to find me. Until the next episode, happy saving.